Well, during the week I was speaking to a friend, or I was talking to a friend, and I said to them, uh, we are studying uh, the, uh, the book of Samuel in the evening service, and so, but often we do have a small number of people. Uh, then I say to myself, uh, we are to follow our people where they are. So we are bringing these same messages uh, to those who will not uh, make it to the evening service for different reasons. So uh, last week you have heard one of the evening services uh, messages uh, in our morning service. Uh, today I want to bring to you from chapter 28 of First Samuel. And, and today we will have Saul. Uh, last week we had David. And we can learn from these characters as God's people. And the title I had for this in one of our uh, previous meetings was Flee from Idols. And tonight, uh, this morning, I change uh, to focus on keeping faith under pressure. So because that was what was happening uh, with Saul. Keeping faith under pressure is something difficult, isn't it? Even in our days today, in our day-to-days, uh, or today-days, uh, I don't know, how would you say that? So we face pressures, we come under pressure, and we face uh, challenges, and we are tempted to make decisions to have shortcuts, isn't it? Or to lose sight of who we are and how far we have traveled as God's people who have experienced His grace and His mercy. And have known the fellowship with Christ, the risen Savior. Have known the power, his power of forgiveness, his power for our healings, his power for comfort in our troubles. And also rescuing when we are in troubles. When we come under pressure, we tend to forget these benefits that we have enjoyed and we are called to enjoy, to continue to enjoy. You have heard me well, that I didn't say that only good things. Uh, you have heard me say just now, he rescued us, isn't it? That means that if you are in trouble today, that didn't mean you have never been in trouble. And if you have never been in trouble, that doesn't mean that you will never have troubles, isn't it? So to be clear, this is the truth. So we are prepared as, God, prepared as God's people to keep faith when things are are tough and are difficult. So what do you do when you face challenges? We seem to, to have no solutions. Or even when you do seek solutions, and rightly from the Lord, then the Lord may tarry, and he might not give you answers straight away. And then the temptation is to seek Help your own ways. You can now begin to think of how I can get myself out of this trouble, isn't it? Or this, against all the odds, against all the, the truth, against all the commands of God that He has laid down here in His Word, that God's people are not to touch certain things or even to entertain certain thoughts. And I know it's by grace, isn't it? The Lord is not bringing this word to us today to, to, um, to judge us that we, we are like that. He's bringing these words that we know. He is with us. He, he can change us. He can help us understand that even if things are tough like this, 
he cares. So Saul didn't think that way, and we are not to think that way. Saul did. So what is the first thing Saul did? So you have heard, for to refresh your, your, your uh, memory, uh, just don't just read to us that uh, there was an occasion, Michael Jensen preached about it, uh, when David was just like, in, in his fear also, he went and he joined the wrong group. He joined in the Philistine, the enemy of God. So, and then God in his mercy really helped him out. He was expelled from, <laughs> from the army from joining, isn't it? He wanted to make collusion with these people and just like to go back and fight God's people like in, under Saul. But he was being rescued by God's grace. Well, now we are told that Saul was under problems, under troubles. As a leader of God's people, he had the enemies assembled, the Philistines, and camped and set up camp at Shunem, while Saul gathered all the Israelites and set up camp at Gilboa. So these two places, the distance, I just did a bit of research, five miles. Just a, a, a huge army that is coming against you just at the distance of five miles to come and wipe you out. So it's a real threat. It's a real danger. And it's not, this is not the first time for Saul to face things like this. He faced that in chapter 13. Also, he faced the Philistine also. We are told they are assembled also to come and fight him. And he was waiting for, for Samuel to come and, 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 and offer the sacrifice. But Saul, in his impatience, he, he, he was so fearful that he was going to be wiped out and his army. So what did he do? He just slaughtered the sacrifice himself, and then suddenly saw Samuel turns up. So before our help should come, we are to be patient. So what is the first lesson here we are interacting with is the impatience. Saul was impatient enough, and he is consistent with this. So he was impatient, always even in seeking the Lord, because here he tried to do the right thing, isn't it? He tried to do the right thing. He sought the Lord, but quickly. Quickly, when there was no answer, that is what we read in verse 5. When Saul saw the Philistines' army, he was afraid and terror filled his heart. So, fear is a big issue, isn't it? Fear in our days today is a big issue. Children, they fear retention. They fear uh, in the school. They fear failing subjects. They fear being excluded uh, from their groups, isn't it? They try their best to be part of the group. Uh, so fear, uh, fear from uh, missing out of blessings. Maybe you are grow, go, getting older, unmarried, and, and then you can just decide to just make anyone comes your way. Uh, this, whether you are a man or a woman, you don't have, I tell people always who are single that you don't have to wait until you are 36, like myself. I waited until I was 36 for those who do not know that. But I waited, and God's grace, he gave me patience, endurance, and waiting for the Lord to, 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 rest, to, to come and bring the blessing that I was longing for. Gave me a wife, gave me five children. Like Naomi, 
when she was coming back to the people of Israel, they said, even Naomi has a son. You see, even Naomi. <laughs> see, I always, that was my first reaction when I had my first born. I said, oh, now even I have a son. You see. Yeah, Saul, he was impatient. He was impatient. He was filled with fear and terror. He was afraid so much. Fear is a big issue. Fear of medical reports. Fear of, of, of your finance. You are going to retire. You don't have enough in the, in, the, in the account. Fear that you may lose your job. And some have lost their jobs already. You see, fear of anything. You see, fear, like we are in the midst of crisis today. The, the mortgage. People who have mortgages. Uh, the financial world is just crumbling. And nobody can tell you for sure that what is going to happen in the few next month. We can be fearful as God's people, isn't it? We can be afraid of this. We can seek different ways. Even people who were resisting in the past wrong ways of, of, of getting gains. So now this will be, well, I have to help myself. Well, Saul did this. So he tried in the past not to have anything to do with bad means for security and victory. So he expelled the spiritists, the mediums, those who had practices which were associated with Canaanites and, and people who didn't know God. So uh, devils, uh, kingdom of Satan, the Canaanites, they were idol worshippers. And they were, uh, they, they were using different sorts of getting to knowledge, uh, spiritism, and, and also mediums, people who will just come and call the dead and they speak to the dead. And, and, and they, 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 they seek knowledge for their future. Maybe if they were in our day today, and there are many around, and people may say, go to them, can you predict for us, the financial world, what is going to happen next? So Saul himself, he tried to do the right things, and, and he, 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 he inquired of the Lord. Verse 6, he inquired of the Lord, but the Lord did not answer him by dreams or urim or prophets. So he tried to do that. Maybe you have tried this. Maybe you, you, you try to hear the Lord, and it's just taking longer. Nothing coming. Lord, just show me what you have for me for the future. What is the next assignment for me? Maybe you are in transition, next job. The Lord is not saying anything. But Saul, in his impatience, he wouldn't want to, to persevere seeking the Lord and just praying and wrestling with him like Jacob. I will not let you go until you bless me, isn't it? So Saul didn't do this. Even he was not bold enough. To be consistent with his previous decision. Because he recognized that the people of God were told not to associate themselves with the Canaanites and with the idol worship. And so he did that. But again he had no strength and, 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 and boldness and courage to maintain faith. To keep faith under pressure. He just abandoned all that he has made in the past, the decision he made in the past, by expelling the spiritists and mediums, because he recognized that they were not to be part of the people of God. And yet, impatience, he was not strong enough to persevere and to, and to defend his position. 
It's very difficult, isn't it? It's very difficult to be kind. You just continue being kind to people and then just being kind to people. And then, but yet you, they made you their doormate, isn't it? What do they, is that true? Okay, yeah. And then you say, oh, now I have to stand up for myself, isn't it? But well, you have recognized the ways of the Lord, that you are to be humble to the death, to the Christ, like your Lord, Lord and Savior. And then this is what King David is, I mean, King Saul is doing. He shouldn't have done that. He should have maintained his faith under all this pressure. He should have done this by God's grace. And God is so gracious. We heard this, that he will, he will if we seek him with all of our hearts. That was, isn't it, uh, Jeremiah 29. <laughs> See, For he has plans to give us hope and a future. Saul himself, he acted against all that God has prepared for him. And that is a warning because that is what we are going to read in the New Testament. Even Saul, even uh, uh, Apostle Paul, his name was Saul, isn't it? Apostle Paul warning us from the Old Testament. He said, these things happen to the Old Testament people. Really, God is the same. will happen with us also if we try not to obey our Lord. If we try not to be patient with him and also to be consistent and to be strong and courageous to maintain the faith, to maintain our confession, to, to honor Christ in our, Lord, in our Lord in our hearts. So the enemy might be so, so big and strong like the Philistines army. They are trained, they got machinery, so these are fighters. To come and to, and this is not a joke. Saul knows this very well. That if they come near, <laughs> and if he, if the Lord is not fighting with him, he will not be able to fight them because that is what the Bible says. You are few in number. These people are are powerful, are stronger than you. The people of God are not stronger, and certainly we are not stronger than others. We are not as smart. You may think you are smart, but it's better that you say that so that the Lord can be your wisdom. Because even our wisdom, the earthly wisdom is foolishness to God, isn't it? You will be defeated. David recognized this when he wanted to go and fight Goliath with Saul's weapons. He knew that he would be defeated, so he rejected that. So now Saul, he was impatient, this one thing. And secondly, what did he do? Also, he was not courageous enough to maintain his previous stance. Is that you? Have you changed from good to bad? <laughs> have you changed from what you have been known of? Being kind and gentle, loving, gracious. Because that was the work of Christ in you. Those nights when he started to walk with him, sitting before him in hours, especially especially people who are single, and uh, so they have, they have more time. You see, they don't have a lot of children, they, and then they are young. You see, <laughs> uh, you see they, they, they have their strength. They can sit before the Lord for 10 hours, 5 hours. Now if I want to do this, I will fall asleep after <laughs> uh, 3 hours or 4 hours, maybe. See? So in that time, you have the Lord working in you. We need to do this. How can the Lord work in us? By sitting before him. Saul didn't. 
stay in his presence. He didn't wait on the Lord so much. We are to learn to wait on the Lord. And if we have learned this, we are to continue and not to give up. Because he will come eventually. So Saul didn't do this. What was his next move? He sought, uh, he said to himself, <laughs> so the Lord didn't answer him uh, by dreams or orim or prophets. Nothing. Because uh, with these things I'd like to uh, share briefly. I don't want to dwell on this uh, uh, thing so much. Orims and, uh, and, and, and also prophets. People used to go and, uh, and stay near uh, a shrine uh, and, 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 and then to, to, to seek uh, a dream. So you need to come and sleep near an object and so, uh, and so that you can have a dream uh, from a god. You see, so people used to do that. So the, and, 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 the, and there are warned, God's people are warned not to do this. They can come to the Lord. Yes, indeed, God has speak through dreams, but not to seek dreams from gods or dead people. The use of Orim is the casting of lots. They used to use that, God's people, uh, where they come and bring their effort, uh, and then, and then they, uh, they seek the knowledge from God. Well, they were acting like mediums. They were specialists. You have heard of specialists, people who have experience to, uh, to tell the fortune. Even in our day-to-day, even in, in, in Noble Park, in some parts of this country, so the, the, the spirit is, is worship is just is ripe. I was stopped a few times uh, by people who don't look really like rich and weird. Uh, they were wearing tie and, and nice clothes, approaching me. Do you want to know your future? I can tell you your future. I say, yeah, yeah well, my future is with the Lord. Uh, I don't want to know my future. Uh, through you. So is a reality. A lot of people can tell you. How many people I have met wearing charms like uh, stones. And they say, oh, they protect me from, from jealousy and so forth. The Lord is our protector. So Saul here, he said, find me a woman who is a medium. So I may go and inquire of her. You see, now he is just self-centered. He just has disregards of the ways of the Lord, and now he is just seeking knowledge for himself uh, from a source that he shouldn't consult. So he disguised himself and putting on other clothes, and at night he and two men went to the woman. Consult a spirit for me, he said, and bring up for me the one I name. So these are the true practices even today. So whether, I don't want to dwell also on the question whether uh, uh, this is a real, is true, is a, is fake or is true. They are fake also is spirits. They can just tell the lies, isn't it? But there are those ones who have the power and uh, to 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 bring this knowledge truly. But the question is not whether they bring knowledge or not. The the question is the source. Is the source who are they associated with? The devil, the kingdom of Satan, the enemy of God, the enemy of our Lord Jesus Christ. And God's people are not to associate themselves with the enemy of their God, with the enemy of their Lord. And so 
Saul did this, he went, Why have you set a trap for me, for my life, to bring about my death? Because if, if she thought that this was not Saul, because Saul expelled the, the spirits from the land and the mediums. And now this woman, even not knowing that is Saul himself, who is acting against his conviction. And now she discovered that that was Saul. And Saul swore to her by the Lord. Verse 10. As surely as the Lord lives, you will not be punished for this. Then the woman asked, whom shall I bring up for you? So now this woman, she was, she's going to be able to bring up Saul. as a Samuel, isn't it? Samuel is coming up. <laughs> you see? So now... He will be terrified. All of them, they were terrified. And these women knew that Saul and David, Saul and, and, and Samuel, had something <laughs> in common, isn't it? They were both people of God, isn't it? And then don't forget that it was Samuel who anointed uh, uh, Saul. And now Samuel is dead. Yet now we are told that this woman was able to bring up Saul, uh, Samuel. But this is not what we are just dwelling on. Because if people think, as you heard me, that they can seek knowledge from these sources, well, that is not going to help them. They are going to be destroyed. That is what is going to happen to Saul. So he had this discussion with Samuel. Why you brought me up? Why you consulted these mediums to bring me up? And then he said, the Philistines are fighting against me, and God has turned away from me. Yes, correct. The Philistines are fighting him, not people of Israel, isn't it? <laughs> Even he wouldn't mention people of God. Fighting me, self-centered. He no longer answers me, either by prophets or by dreams. So I have called on you to tell me what to do. Well, when, Dave, when Samuel was alive, he didn't do what... He asked him to do, isn't it? How much more when he is gone? He had opportunity to obey God. He had opportunity to repent. He didn't want to do that, isn't it? Again and again, he's pursuing David, and he knew that that was wrong. He was not. He was called, what you are doing is very dangerous. He wouldn't listen. And now he will go on. Even after this discussion, Samuel, Saul, will not even repent, will not really repent, so when I was preparing, there were these things really God was laying on my heart. This aspect of seeking God to the point that you will know that he has changed you. If Saul knew what he was struggling with from the very beginning, he would have had dealt with it and got free, isn't it? He was not free of himself. And the self always, a person who is full of, his, of himself, who is worshipping himself, cannot follow God truly. Because self will interfere with God all the time. And God cannot take delight in something like that. Disobedience and rebellions. No, not at all. And we see this in his character. Saul, as a case study for us, is different. David made a mistake, isn't it? But what was the difference? What is the difference between Saul and David? David was a man who acknowledges his sin 
truly and repent. And even those times when he will, when he will be overwhelmed and unable even to, 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 to deal with this, God in his mercy will come and act on his behalf. But Saul didn't have any of that heritage, didn't have any of that experience. Why would God come and rescue him now? When he did nothing, one thing, one single thing that he has done to honor God. But David is a man of God. And what is this telling us? He's saying that we may sin, we may fall. But where are we when we fall? What do we do when we fall? We seek the Lord with all our hearts. And we are changed and we will know completely that we have changed. If you ask Saul that have you changed when you were doing all those things? Have you repented truly when you were disobeying Samuel? When you were pursuing David, you are still trying to pursue him. Consulting his spirit is not trusting God in your wars. God is a true warrior for his own people. And this man, he was told that he is going to be killed. He is going to die. He was going to die. This is one thing. Secondly, other thing I want to dwell on briefly is the fact that after he fell flat on his face and he had no strength left, he was faced also with another choice to make. He was hungry, and, and the woman came and, and saw that he was, this woman, in verse 21, and this woman saw that this man was very weak and was greatly shaken. She said, look, your, your maidservant has obeyed you. See, she obeyed him, obeyed Saul, and, and consulted his spirit for him. And then she's urging him, I took my life in my hands and did what you told me to do. Now, please listen to your servant and let me give you some food so you may eat and have the strength to go on your way again. He was faced with a choice. To eat something that was offered to demons. He, he refused to discern now he is going to listen to a witch. The witch is going to be his God. And now this man so weak, he has gone down so much to listen to a witch to determine his future. To get his strength, his supply from a source that is not of God. So he was told, when he is the leader to see God and, and come to speak to his people, and his people will obey him like David. We read that in, in chapter 23. When David was fearful of the people of, 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 Philistines, of the Philistines, he was so fearful. He inquired of the Lord, and the Lord said, I will help you go and fight and rescue people from that place. And then his people came and said to him, oh, we are fearful. Even where we are now, five miles away, how much more if you go closer and to, to, to join the battle? And so David was really afraid, was fearful, isn't it? 
But he went to the Lord again. And he was assured companion. God said, I will come with you. And I will deliver these people to your hand. And then when he went back to his people, his people obeyed him. Isn't it? He had authority over them. So Saul, he wouldn't have even authority under anyone under him. And the opposite is true. He is coming under the influence of people he shouldn't have come under. How many times we have come under really things that are hard, things that do not match us, do not really look like us. How many times we have come as Christians under influence of, of other voices, other knowledge, worldly wisdom, and not sought the Lord, purely the Lord himself, and take our, our assignments from him, our supply from him, our comfort and joy from him that comes only from the Holy Spirit and his word. That comes only through his people who are walking with him. Speaking words of life and encouragement to you. Like David being an encouragement to his people. The Lord will deliver these people to our hands. We are to learn to walk with God. Saul didn't do this. So what did he do? He refused. <laughs> Isn't it? I will not eat. I will not eat. He refused in the first place. Again, he was not bold enough. To stand on what he had learned to be the truth. It's very dangerous that we abandon the truth that we have experienced ourselves. Paul says, I've, I deliver to you what I have accepted myself in the first place. On the day on which Jesus Christ was betrayed and crucified, he gave these uh, uh, commands that we should practice the Holy Communion, that we should remember him. And now Saul refusing and yet again falling flat in his face. Again, not only the women, his men joined him. Joined the women and they persuaded him. And he listened to them. He got up from the ground and sat on the couch. And he started to eat food that was sacrificed to demons in the first place. When we are told that we cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. We cannot take part in both the Lord's table and the table of demons. We cannot draw knowledge from God and also to draw knowledge from Satan. Saul himself, he did this. So the woman had fattened calf at the house, which she butchered at once. She took some flour and kneaded it and baked bread without yeast. Then she set, she set it before Saul and his men, and they ate, and they were going to die the second day. Because that was what Samuel said to him, isn't it? He said, tomorrow, the Lord will hand over both Israel and you to the Philistine, and tomorrow... You and your sons will be with me. You will die, certainly. The Lord will also hand over the army of Israel to the Philistines. And now Paul, Apostle Paul in the New Testament tells us that. We do not have to be ignorant. Do not, I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers. Those, even those who confess to be people of God. 
those who came out from Egypt and were under the cloud and saw God's miraculous act of, of salvation and rescue. And they were under clouds and, and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses. They were baptized to Moses to be led by Moses as people of God. And they were, and we are told here that they all ate the same spiritual food, manna from heavens, and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ Himself, Christ in His pre existence. He was with God's people. And how much more with us, Christ who came into this world and saved us on the cross of Calvary, and He is walking with us in the covenant. So Apostle Paul here warning that these things, these things are serious to God as they were those days and even to our day today. That is what he's saying. And because these people, they grumbled, nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered over the desert. A lot of things they have done wrong. We read them. And Paul says to us, these things happened to them as examples and were written down as warning for us on whom the fulfillment of the ages has come. The fulfillment of the promised Messiah has come to us, Christ, our Lord and our Savior, who is resurrected from the dead and is on the right-hand side of the power. We can seek him because the Bible says he's sympathetic. He's our most high priest. We can approach the throne of God anytime. The throne of grace and receive mercy in times of trouble. Are you in trouble? You can receive. You can have access. You, don't, you have to be consistent. Be bold. Be courageous. Persevere. Wait on the Lord. Don't be like Saul. Wait on him. Hear the voice of the Lord. The Lord is merciful. He's kind. He will not abandon us. Because he has fulfilled his promises that he will be with us. Emmanuel was born. Jesus Christ is alive today. And if you seek him with all of your heart, he will answer you. His blood availed for us, isn't it? His wounds can heal us. You see, it's just, I was praying with my fellow elders. We hear reports from doctors and we are alarmed as if this is the final verdict that we can accept and go away with. But I think this is the downfall we have in this country because of this Advancement is a grace. We all seek it. But I believe with all of my heart that is taking away from us the privilege of the children of God. That we can be healed by our God. Who is greater, doctors or God? Can he heal? Can he provide? Can he comfort? Can he bring joy? How many of you who felt burden in their hearts and when you saw the Lord, he gave you the joy. And he assured you his love and his mercy and that he will answer you. Your man is on the way. Your wife is on the way. The job, jobs are lining up for you. <laughs> In Jesus' name. You have to believe it, isn't it? The other day I was listening to my friend, one of my teachers. He's still going on preaching the word of God in Egypt. Pastor Daniel. And he said this. You can be down and so defeated. And then you come as Jesus said on the great day, that is Matthew, 
Amen. John 7, 37. On the last day of the great day, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, if anyone, voice, if anyone is thirsty, let him come. If you are like Saul, come. Because as you come, you will drink. You will be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you will have joy. You will have faith. You will be bold. You will not be fearful. And this is only what God can do for you. You will have confidence that you are not going to lose your house, isn't it? Somehow God will cause the people in the financial world to come up with things. And actually God is, is working, isn't it? In the midst of this crisis. I don't have mortgage. But I see even the head of the reserve banks is saying, is encouraging people what to do against his decision, isn't it? <laughs> see? God is wise. So he's making decisions. But he's saying you can escape this by doing other things. How about that? He should be silent and, and just make his own decision. But God and people are praying. And if you are praying, God is on the move to come and to say to you that I am God. That for the hands, for, for, for the hearts of kings are in his hands. They are like the streams of water. He can just direct them and change them. He can change governments for your blessings. He can change governments. He can change laws, isn't it? For many of South Sudanese people, my, myself included, he had to change a government and to bring in a government that will have a minister who will travel to, to see the refugees in their refugee camps and sympathize with them and declare that we are a people who have been blessed by God, Philip Rudder, and we are going to rescue these people to come and to live like humans. And it's worth, I, if I can speak directly, to African leaders from this place to tell them that you are acting against God <laughs> by, by keeping your people poor when you have millions and millions of dollars where your people can live comfortably and celebrate God's blessings. Before the war in South Sudan, they were exporting 600,000 barrels of oil, crude oil, that the best, that was making 5% of the Chinese economy. Just imagine, 5% of their, their budget. 5% of, of Chinese budget is like Australian budgets all together. It's a big nation, isn't it? And yet, there are the people like the leaders in South Sudan and other parts of Africa, they are being exploiting their people by just not doing the right thing for them. Well, we have a God. God can change governments and can change laws and rules. And we are not to act in disobedience like Saul. And we are to trust him. And when things seem to be really delaying, when the Lord's seem to be like tiring and not answering us immediately, we are to persevere and wait on him. And when we are faced with the fact that we are to change our minds on the very thing that we have believed, it's just like a generous person and people come to you and say, oh, you've been too generous. You've been giving away most of your wealth. Now you have to keep, to keep your wealth for yourself, isn't it? And if you abandon that, and then that is your downfall. You will die like Saul. Because that was God who has given you to be generous. It's God. It's God's gift. And he will provide for you. You gave away. And he will give you more. You love. And he will act on your behalf. You choose not to hate. 
and not to participate in the things that you know for with all of your heart that are associated with Satan. Even in this country. Even don't try to look good and to be part of something that you shouldn't be part of. If, even if you don't have to have friends, don't have friends. If your friends are going to lead you into disaster, isn't it? And we as God's people, and this is the only way for our blessing, isn't it? It's not God wants just like to be stingy and, to, and, and not to eat choice food like this, isn't it? But we need to recognize the source of what we are having. And we are to refuse even things that look like a blessings. Even there are certain people like we cannot even take anything from. Even sometimes even they may say they are Christian, but you know with, with all of your heart that they are not doing for a good purpose. Don't do it. Don't take. But the Lord will give you the confidence that this is the way. So have you seen that we can all come under pressure? Are you under pressure? <laughs> like Saul and David. Are you facing problems? Health, friendship, job, even ministry. Are you facing all these things? Well, the Lord is calling us to be people who obey all the time. And also to be courageous all the times. Because no temptations will come our way without the Lord himself helping us out, giving us his strength to escape all these things. That is what really Apostle Paul said uh, to the Corinthians. For God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Isn't it? We do have a limit, isn't it? We all have a limit. I, I can confess this myself. But when we come to our limit, God will begin to take us, to take us through. When you reach your limits, even don't think that reaching your limit, that you have failed. Well, maybe you are giving God the very opportunity from now onward to carry you into your next destiny. And that is how God works. He may allow these things. So, because people will say, like, why in the first place I should be tempted? Well, we are living in a broken world, a fallen world. A lot of things will come our way. But the thing is for us is to endure, to keep, and to maintain faith under pressure and under troubles. For our God is so good. Let us pray.